Podcast, a conversation where you join David and Reese at the table as they talk about the many questions of life, whether you're in the car, at the gym, or just distracting yourself from being productive. Why don't you pull up a chair? We're glad you're here. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Hey Dad podcast, where you join us at the table as we talk about the many questions of life. I'm Reese. And I'm David. And he is my dad. And we're going to go ahead and jump in with the question of the day. So, Padre. Yes. If money were no object, what kind of party would you throw? Okay, if money were no object, I'm going to straight up steal an idea I saw recently. Oh. Um, there's an anime, of course. It's called Spy Family. Ah, yes. And there's an episode where he takes her to an amusement park. Oh, where he takes his daughter? Yep, mm-hmm. takes his daughter to the amusement park, rents out the whole thing, and it turns yeah. into a giant game of spy versus spy in there. I would do that at Disney World in a heartbeat. Oh. I would rent out Disney World and do some type of game with my friends Dang. or whatever. I just think that would be the best. Dang. That's a really good one. Yeah, because that just that was one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. And uh, it just made me think, how cool would that be to rent an entire amusement park? Yeah, that's a big flex. Yeah, that's that's when you know you got money. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mine will... I mean, now mine sounds kind of snobby. But what I would do is I would go to like one of the most bougie hotels at the top of a mountain in Europe. Like let's say Austria. Yeah. Like a fancy hotel with amazing views, like a lodge or something. And I would hire the top 10 best chefs in the world that are in Come their on. best, like in each area. So like the best pastry chef, in the, yeah. world, the best yeah. chocolate. There's some word for people that make chocolate. Yeah. The chocolate tears. <laughs> yeah. Whatever that, whatever that word is. Um, but I would hire that. I would hire a person who's like really good with a certain kind of meat or, yeah. or like with French food. And then I would pay for friends and family to come to this location. And we would just have a tour of food around the world. Okay. And look at this crazy nice view. That That's pretty awesome too. I, I got to say, I, I would do that one in a heartbeat too. So if you invite me, I'm there. I, I mean, promise. if we're having these parties, we're inviting each other. Oh yeah. It's gonna happen. No doubt. It will happen. Okay, so, uh, man, Thanksgiving has flown by. Yes, it has. It is really, really... Uh, it's weird how the holidays pass so quickly. They do. You can't wait to get them. And then when they get there, you're like, oh, wait, that week's over? Yeah, for real. Mm-hmm. For real. So, Thanksgiving is now done and we're prepping for Christmas. Everybody's decorating now. It's yep. it's officially acceptable to listen to Christmas music. It is. It's acceptable. And, and to decorate, you know, the post-Thanksgiving is kind of how... How you raised us. So yeah, me that's, and Katie. That's how I do it. I, I almost didn't hold out, but I did. Yeah, me too. Me too. I was tempted to start early. Uh, but anyway, anyway. So now has come the season of Christmas parties. Mm-hmm. The season where everybody, every staff is having a Christmas party. Every class has a Christmas party. Every dorm has yeah. a Christmas party. Your family members that you don't see except once a year, they're all going to be at these Christmas parties. Yeah. So... What we wanted to do, uh, dear listener, is to help you navigate those Christmas parties, to to prep you in order to be able to navigate the conversations you're going to have. Because that's always the most awkward part. It right? really is. The conversations at Christmas party and really office parties mm-hmm. or the parties uh, when you're married and you'll get this now, you'll start going to your spouse's Christmas parties yep. from their work and 
you don't know these people. No. You've heard stories about them, mm-hmm. and you may know some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that you can't talk to them about. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's really kind of awkward because mm-hmm. you're kind of like, hey, Joe, yeah. And you don't really know Joe, but you're expected to have a conversation with him. Right. And that's, to me, and I think to anyone, that's the most exhausting part about Christmas. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to the doing so many events with people you don't really know, yeah. people that aren't really part of your life, but... You kind of have to just get together in a room and, and pretend like you're all buddy-buddy with everybody. Yeah. <laughs> That's a cynical way to put it. But, you know, yeah. it's still like sometimes navigating that can be tough. It can be. So I'm wondering, how can we prep our people? Like what would you say is kind of the biggest area that makes conversations tough at any kind of party, any kind of social gathering that's like these Christmas parties where, where you're with people you're not super familiar with. Why do these get, become so taxing? Why do they become such a, sometimes a challenge in a way? Yeah, I think part of it may have to do with your personality. If you are a person who is more introverted, right, that kind of thing will be taxing on you. It doesn't mean you don't do it. Introversion mm-hmm. is not an excuse. Oh, I'm an introvert. So I can go and be a jerk. Right. Um, that won't help your spouse's career at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what you do is you understand that about yourself and, and go into it. But I think the mindset is really the main thing um, because the biggest problem is most people go into a party environment like that and they think about themselves. Mm. And they're worried about, am I going to look stupid? Do I have food in my teeth? What's his name again? You know, and what we do is we get all self-focused. And I think that's a a negative way to go into it because what you're doing is almost like you're psyching yourself up to fail. Mm. You know, it's kind of like in sports. If a guy sits there before the game and goes, I'm going to drop the pass. I'm going to drop the pass. I'm going to drop the pass. He's going to drop the pass. Mm-hmm. Um, so what you want to do is is try to get out of your own mindset. Um, because if you don't, then you're going to show up at the party. And all you're going to be doing the whole time is, am I saying the right thing? Do I look stupid? Am I doing this? And am I doing that? And I think that's why people are exhausted after a party is because they've spent all their mental energy kind of reflecting into the mirror themselves. Right. And in a way, that can create problems that would not exist if you weren't all focused on yourself. Yeah. So, for example, like what I think of is in a conversation with somebody that you're just meeting for the first time. If the only thing that you're thinking to yourself is don't look stupid, don't look stupid, don't look, don't freaking look stupid, don't look dumb. You can't look dumb. Please, Lord, let me not look like an idiot in front of this new person. Mm -hmm. Well, then you're going to be so focused on thinking about that. Yeah. You're not even listening to them. Exactly. You're not even hearing what they're saying. And your responses to them are going to be subpar at best because you're not even thinking about what they're saying. You're not actually dialoguing. Yeah. You're having like this inner monologue that <laughs> yes. you're thinking about while they're talking and they can see that. You know, yeah. Yeah. We, we can all see when somebody's not really listening. Mm-hmm. You know, their eyes kind of wander or maybe they zone out or whatever. Yeah. And, and you're doing that to the other person. By trying to think only about impressing them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's if that true. makes any sense. Yeah. For me, I think, uh, you know, when I was young, our school, middle school had actually it was called junior high back then. That's how old it was. But our junior high did junior high dances. Mm-hmm. And they were the most awkward because you've got a bunch of, you know, 12, 13, 14 year olds who don't know anything. They think they're cool. Right. 
um, how cool can you be at 12 and 13? You can't be. So you can't be. And That's so okay. everybody goes to these dances and there's only a few people who dance. Yeah. Everyone else sits up against the wall and tries to look cool. Mm-hmm. And you'll talk a game like me and my loser friends would sit up against the wall and talk about the girls. Mm-hmm. Like we're actually going to go ask them out. But we're all too chicken and none of us will. None of us would ask a girl to dance because mm-hmm. we're scared. Am I going to look stupid? Yep. I don't know how to dance. What if I look like an idiot? And all this other stuff. And and that's, I mean, that's the nature of it. Yeah. But it's amazing how adults go into parties thinking the exact same way. They've still got that that's middle school mentality when they go. And so they just sit up against the wall. And today we have phones. Mm-hmm. So what most people do is they sit up against the wall and they just stare at their phone. Yep. Which, like, you can do that and not have to have conversations with people, but will you leave that party saying, man, that was a good party? Yeah. No. No. You'll leave being like, thank the Lord, that's over. Exactly. And is that really what you want if you're mm-hmm. going to have to go to, like, five of these over the next month? Yeah. Don't you want it to be, like, enjoyable? Yeah. Because, well, I mean, here here's the main point that we're going to be making today, and it's the fact that your goal doesn't have to be to look good. It doesn't have to be to be impressive. It doesn't have to be to get through the party. Your goal can be to make the people you're talking with, them, as comfortable as possible in a conversation. Yeah. Because when you do that, it becomes enjoyable for you and for the other person as well. Because your mindset begins to shift from this is a burden that I have to bear. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. this is my cross I've got to bear Yeah. Uh, because I'm related to this person or whatever. Yeah. It shifts from that to it's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity to learn about them. It's an opportunity to have an interaction that can be enjoyable. It's an opportunity to bless another person. Because honestly, how many people in our culture actually listen today? You yeah. can be one of those people. And that's the thing. In fact, I heard something recently say that the reason most of us don't remember names is we're not really listening when someone tells us their name. Don't tell me that. I'm terrible at remembering names. I know, I am too. And I'm just like, dang, they slapped me upside the head. But but I think if you go into a party mm-hmm. situation and you say, okay, what can I do to make the party better? Yeah. I think one of the best things you can do is go in with the attitude of, I'm going to be genuinely interested in people. Yep. I'm going to go in with the attitude of, what can I do to show genuine interest and not not fake it. Right. Not right. be, I'm here to network and I'm gonna build my business and I'm gonna talk about this. No, no, to be genuinely interested in someone. Yes. I think people pick up on that mm-hmm. and it makes it easier for you to enjoy the time because you're genuinely interested in someone. Yes, I think you're totally right. And that's rare. Mm-hmm. It's rare to be genuinely interested in other yeah. people. Because we, we do live in a world where humans naturally focus on themselves. Yeah, it's true. And we live we live in a world because of technology that you you don't have to be with other people, really. Yeah. And so we've lost kind of that skill. And so we're kind of having to get back the ability to be like, okay, how do I have interest in another person's story? Yeah, and I think I think that's the thing is is saying, I'm interested in your story. Yeah. So so you can Ask questions and find out what do they like? Mm-hmm. What do they what do they not like? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's one of those things. And when you ask someone that and you really want to know, people pick up on that. 
And like, they're going to have a great time mm-hmm. because you were interested in it. And you'll mm-hmm. find yourself having a great time because you'll probably learn something from about someone. You say, well, what about the person who might be kind of weird and they've got a strange hobby or whatever? Well, at least you know. Yeah. Hey, you know, Jim collects flies from around the world. Yeah. I didn't know that. Always yeah. thought he was weird. Well, he kind of is. Yeah. But you know, he's good with himself. Mm-hmm. But you learn something. And you know what? He's going to have a great time at the party because he got to talk about something he's excited about. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not that into it, when you show genuine interest in what someone else is into, mm-hmm. you're you're going to enjoy yourself more and they're going to have a great time. And you're going to leave that yeah. party going, you know, I had a good time at that party. You're right. I mean, it's the classic principle from scripture. It's better to give than to receive. Yeah, that's good. If you walk into a party thinking of what you can receive. If you walk into a party thinking all about, hey, what can I get? What can I get? Mm-hmm. It's not going to be very fun. But if you yeah. walk in and you're genuinely giving, like yeah. you're blessing other people, even in your interactions. Yeah. Well, then you get to get a unique sense of joy from that. You can't get any other way. Yeah. Because you have not only had a good time, you've made someone else's day better. Yeah. You've added value to other people. And this can be an enjoyable process. And mm-hmm. I really want to emphasize that because... If you walk into it with a mentality of, well, I got to get this perfect. This is, that's my cross I have to bear is I have to be interested in other people. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's going to be miserable because you're going to be fake. Yeah. And once again, people pick up on that. Literally look at it as this is just having fun. Mm -hmm. This is just, if it's the middle school dance, you know, as that illustration, you know, what would have been one of the greatest things you could have done for that middle school dance gone out there and been the first person to look dumb. Exactly. Like if you are okay with not taking yourself too seriously mm-hmm. and putting yourself out there, and even if you look dumb, people are going to respect that and enjoy that. And it's going to help them take steps in their own life. Yeah. And when you find out things that other people are into, mm-hmm. the neat thing about that is you don't have to act like you know about it. Mm-hmm. You can give them the opportunity to teach you something you don't know. Yes. Just like if somebody came up to us and said, hey, what's something you do for fun? Mm -hmm. And we say, uh, we watch anime. Yeah. And they're like, I have no idea what anime is. Well, I'm going to have a great time telling (laughs) you about anime. And I'm not even an expert. Yeah. I would go to a party with someone who is an expert. I would be asking them. Yeah. You know, but it's going to help both sides Mm -hmm. enjoy it because you may learn something you didn't know about anime or Bitcoin Mm -hmm. or you know, how to grow tomatoes in the yard. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But why not pick up some new knowledge? Why not have some fun learning something from someone? Yeah. You know, and I think you'll find yourself going, okay, that was a good time. And I think yeah. the good, you know, we're talking about office parties, but this is something you can use at your family get togethers too. Yes, I you agree know, with that. The cousins that you only see once a year, mm-hmm. you know, catch up with them. You know, if one of them's in school, hey, what are you studying? What's your favorite class? What do you like to do? What do you do for fun? Who do you hang out mm-hmm. with? Those are all easy questions that they can, it makes them feel at ease, you feel at ease. If you've got an older relative, you have a hard time. This is one thing I wish I'd done when I was young is go to them and ask questions. Hey, what was it like when you were my age? Mm-hmm. You know, just to let them tell their story and you get history you that's genuine. Yep. This is someone who lived during that time that yep. you only read about. Yep. And that's kind of a fun way to get something out of it that you can do with family at office parties or anywhere. Yeah, because it's almost like 
developing that childlike curiosity again. That's good. Because like when a little kid walks up to you, they ask a million questions. They do. Why is this this way? Why do you like this? Why does your face look like that? Some of them are not very tactful. Tactful. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to do that. But but yeah, you're kind of recapturing that. Exactly. Just get interested in everything Mm -hmm. because you're actually interested in that person. Yeah. You know, you want to know what they're interested in. Like for me, for example, not a huge golfer, but I know people that are. Yeah. And so I'm going to let them talk to me about what a good golf game is Mm -hmm. or who they think their favorite player is. Yeah. You know, because they love talking about it. They're Mm -hmm. passionate about that subject. And I can actually learn a little bit about the game. Yeah. You know, and have a good time doing it. Yeah. And have fun doing it. I think uh, so being genuinely interested in the person mm-hmm. and what they're interested in. Yeah. Being genuinely interested in their story, yeah. their their memories, their dreams. Um, those are all things that are important. But let's get kind of to the practical side of it. What do you think is the best way to apply that? So don't take yourself too seriously. Be yeah. interested in others. How do we kind of take those steps? Yeah, I think one thing to do, and this is something you're good at, is have some questions that you can just kind of bring up mm. and ask. There may be some standard ones that you you're always go to. Yep. Hey, like when I worked with teenagers, I could talk to teen, you know, hey, where do you go to school? What grade are you in? What's your favorite subject? Mm-hmm. What class do you hate the most? You know, mm-hmm. and you find the thing that they're going to talk about. And it's right. just like we talked about this before, where when you find the one thing someone's into, even if they don't talk, mm-hmm. find that one thing and they'll talk to you. That is a fact. And then it becomes kind of a little game. It does. Like, can, I'm going to get you to talk to me and like me. Yep. You know, not yeah. not for my sake, but exactly. just because I know that you're having like a not very good time right now. You're not really yeah. enjoying yourself. And I'm going to make you enjoy yourself whether you like it or yeah. not. Yeah. Like, well, that's and a it's, fun game. And it's one thing where you go to a party, you've got some questions ready. You yep. can look for the people who mm-hmm. maybe aren't talking to anyone that maybe everyone's ignoring. Exactly. And you can go to them and say, hey... You know, I'm so-and-so. Tell me about yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're actually going to help them say, I had a great time instead of, I hate it. Nobody talked to me. Nobody likes me. Yada, yep. yada, yada. Yep. And and that can, like you said, you can almost make a game of it. Yeah. I mean, don't be fake. No. You know, where you go make a TikTok video afterwards and say, man, I just talked to this guy and he was a jerk. You know, mm-hmm. don't do that. Be genuine. Yeah. But have some questions. Have some things ready that I could ask this. I could ask that. Um, don't have a list that you look at, yeah. but just have a few things. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I do have like a mental list mm-hmm. for people. Um, like if, if I'm talking to a guy, yeah, every guy is going to be interested in, in a couple things. They might be interested in outdoor activities yeah, like fishing or yeah. hunting. And you can usually tell by the way they look. Yep. Um, they might be interested in video games, mm-hmm. shows or movies. Yeah. That's kind of another category. Another one might be hanging out with their friends, yeah. you know, and doing their stuff, especially if they're like teenagers or college age people. Mm-hmm. And if you ask about those three very broad categories, yeah, they're going to mention something to you that they like. Like, well, you know, I'm not really a fishing person, but I really like hunting turkeys. Yeah. And you're like, oh, really? And then all you got to do is just learn about that and ask yeah. them. Be like, okay, well, what's, what's good turkey hunting look like? Is that like hunting deer or something no 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 no, buddy it's different (laughs) let me tell you this right now and they're gonna go on their speed turkey hunters will definitely and you can learn about it yeah yeah and and enjoy that process yeah no that's good thing because when you when you do that 
it's a, it's a simple, easy thing you can do. Another mm-hmm. thing that you can do that helps out is just, you know, carry around a drink in your hand and mm-hmm. offer to get someone a drink or some food. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes when you're just holding that drink, you feel safe. Right. Um, they feel safe and it's an easier way to communicate. So if someone doesn't have a drink or doesn't have any food, you can say, hey, you may get you a drink. You, mm-hmm. you want something? You want some food? Mm-hmm. And it's just a, it's a way to serve and then you can start a conversation that way. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and I guess kind of the last little practical tip is the only way that you can learn to not take yourself too seriously is by doing things that and putting yourself out there. Exactly. It, it, it comes with practice. Yeah. Like the person that goes out on a dance party and dances first is mm-hmm. the person that dances a lot. Yeah. And doesn't care yeah. how they look yeah. because they just do what they do. They do it. Right. And that comes through practice. Yeah. So as you begin to apply these principles, you're going to be able to do it in a more relaxed way. The first way so. might be a little tense. Yeah. You know, that's your learning. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Because that means you're learning something where you're going to be able to help other people and enjoy yourself in the process. Yeah. You'll enjoy parties a whole lot more. And you'll be the person people invite to the party. Yeah. Because they're like, I like them. And yeah. they don't know why they like you so much. It's mm-hmm. because you took an interest in them. Yeah. It's because you like them. Yep. That's the that's the cool thing about human nature. We like people that like us. We do. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so questions of the day. First thing, we had Thanksgiving. Yes. It, it has flown by, as we mentioned earlier. What is your favorite part of Thanksgiving? And what is a Thanksgiving tradition that you don't understand? It's a two-part question. Two-part. Um, favorite part of Thanksgiving, I, I think just getting together with everybody, eating a big meal around a table is a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I like I like the food of Thanksgiving, cooking um, that kind of aspect of it. Uh, I think that's probably my favorite, just getting together with family, eating a meal together, friends, yeah. people like that. Um, the thing I don't understand about Thanksgiving is it's just cranberry sauce. Mm. I'm not a cranberry sauce person and people like people go nuts with it. They do. Like they'll make a whole plate and just put a giant thing of cranberry on the top of it. Mm-hmm. And I get it. I think it used to be you know, people would cook the mess out of their turkey where it was dry. Mm. And so I think that cranberry sauce was kind of a way to save dry turkey. Mm. But I think now people just, they they put it on everything. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of weird. And I'm and maybe I just don't like the cranberry sauce, which I don't. Right. But I think that's a little strange. Yeah. Yeah, my, my favorite part of Thanksgiving, I would agree with you. Mm-hmm. Um, eating at a table with your family or your friends. It's just great. Mm -hmm. And especially, I love that Thanksgiving, unlike Christmas, is a day where people don't bring a ton of expectations. Yeah. You know, with Christmas, everybody's looking at their gifts. Everybody's trying to get their stuff. But with Thanksgiving, you're just being together. Mm -hmm. And after you eat, y'all sit on the couch and you just stare into the distance with glazed (laughs) eyes, you know, and and the the very low expectations you bring to that. It's just fun because you're just getting a vibe together. You're just having a good time. Um, a Thanksgiving tradition I do not understand is, and please don't hate me for saying this, people out there who absolutely love this tradition, is the Thanksgiving dog show. 
<laughs> now the the Macy's Thanksgiving parade, I get it. That's yeah. that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. There's all the floats. There's yeah. all the different stuff. But the dog show, like who decided that that's like a Thanksgiving tradition and why? It didn't used to be. It shouldn't be. Right. It, it's like it's this huge thing, and I know yeah. people love it. People in my family love it. Really? And, and yes, yes, they do. Um, I'm not going to name names, but I know <laughs> I know people that love it. Yes. And they have the greatest time, and I'm glad they do. Yeah. I just don't get why it's a Thanksgiving thing. It's so random. I guess maybe they they picked a day where a bunch of people are just home. Yeah. Because when else are you going to watch a dog show? That's a good but point. When you've eaten a ton of turkey and you can't move, um, you know, there's nothing else to do but watch dogs. I watch, guess. watch dogs walk around. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't get the dog show thing as far as, oh, yeah, that dog did a great job. Yeah. He looked the same as the dog before. Oh, no. He was so much better. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, a little bit more on the serious side. Uh, we talked last week before last yeah. about grieving and kind of that whole process. And I know holidays can be a tough time for people who are grieving. So are there any tips on how to navigate that, how to navigate grief during the holidays and kind of loss? Yeah. Um, especially if like if the person you lost, if they were a big Christmas fan, uh-huh. it makes Christmas hard. And I think going into it, having a plan, and kind of planning out what you're going to do at Christmas, but also giving yourself the freedom to do or not do. You know, uh, maybe that first year you don't put a tree up mm. or you put a small tree up or, you know, mm-hmm. you let someone else decorate your house because you don't want to or you just may not want to decorate. You kind of give yourself some freedom that especially that first year. Mm-hmm. But but even after that, it's still kind of tough and and just understand it will be. But one of the best things you can do is not go through it alone. That's so true. You know, have some support. Yes. You know, there's support groups in all kinds of cities, places you can go, grief groups. And you want to go to those. You want to talk about it. And and sometimes hearing other people and what they're going through mm-hmm. just helps you because mm-hmm. you don't feel so alone. Yeah. Um, but also understand that if you can't go to something, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Like if going to your office Christmas party, you know, and it's the first year you're without your spouse, you don't have to go. Yeah. If, if it's going to make you feel weird and awkward, you don't have to go. Yeah. You can just say, hey, I just don't think I'm up to it this year. Yeah. Um, but you also don't want to just sit home with the lights out by yourself the whole time. Yeah. You know, find those things that you can do mm-hmm. to help you kind of get out, get around some people, get around people you love. Um Find that support. I think that those are the best things you can do. Have yeah. someone you can talk with about it. Um, that'll kind of help you as you ease through that time. Yeah. I love that about grace. Mm-hmm. That's really, really good. Um, for me, I mean, everything you said was spot on. Um, I like the idea of entering the holidays with a plan mm-hmm. because the tendency is to isolate and do nothing. Yeah. And that's not a good place for grief because you just kind of sit there and it festers. So you don't yeah. want to do that. Um, so having a plan is good. And then honestly, the principles we talked about, about getting to know other people, getting interested in other people. Mm-hmm. If you don't have people that you want to spend the holidays with, they are out there. Yeah, that's There are true. people out there that are just genuinely good people that you're yeah. going to want to be around. You just got to put yourself out there and get to know them. Yeah, And that's a journey and that's a process. And I get that grief is occurring, but... 
taking those steps is so worthwhile and it pays dividends in the long term. Yeah. Because, I mean, I've got a group of friends that are like family to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that I took the effort to yeah. spend time with them because that really helped me in my time of grief. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just walking with grace, with a plan, and mm-hmm. being willing to connect yeah. even in the holidays. I think that'd be good. Final question. We're going to end on a fun one. Who is your most iconic Christmas artist? Golly. That is so hard. Yeah. Yeah. This one's tough. Um, okay. I'm just going to pick one. I've got a million. Uh, I think my favorite Christmas music is probably more on the jazz side. Yeah. I love Christmas jazz. Yes. I listen to all kinds of j- Christmas jazz. In fact, uh, there's a Jimmy Smith Christmas album. He was a jazz organist from the mm. early 60s. That's a phenomenal album mm-hmm. that I've listened to a bunch. But... One of my favorite artists at Christmas time, it's the only time of year, well, I listen to the other stuff, but their Christmas music is what made me fall in love with them. Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Ah, is, yes. It's weird. The guys who sing sound like they've been smoking for a hundred years. Yeah, and they chew glass. But I love their albums. And to me, when, I mean, the day after Thanksgiving, I'm usually cranking one of the Trans-Siberian. And it just feels like Christmas to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, y'all took me to a concert a few years ago. Uh, it was just phenomenal. It was one of the best concerts I've ever seen. It really was. To this day. It it's was phenomenal. Um, so that's probably, um, I love Christmas jazz. I mean, like I listen to that the most. Mm-hmm. But Trans-Siberian, I love their other stuff that's not Christmas. But their Christmas stuff is just pretty iconic to me. Mm-hmm. I, I agree that their Christmas stuff is really what sets them apart. Yeah. In my opinion. It is. It's so good. Um, because the, it's who's your most iconic Christmas artist, I would say to me, because I also love Christmas jazz, yeah. the most iconic Christmas artist in my view would be Bing Crosby. Mm. Because yeah. he has the iconic Christmas music and the look. Like yeah. there's the, I don't know if you remember this, but we used to have like a little singing we doll did. of Bing Crosby. We did. And not many other people get that doll, nope. right? Um, Bing did because he's that iconic. Yeah. And he was in White Christmas. Yeah. So it's the mixture of him being the singer who is iconic and being in one of my most iconic Christmas movies. Yeah. That's what really makes it like if he's singing something for Christmas, I, I get it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, White Christmas is one of my favorite Christmas movies. It's one of the best. Um, but I, the, the other thing, and this is just as a, as a little extra addendum, uh, the song, the Christmas song, mm-hmm. Nat King Cole. Oh, yes. No one sings it better. No. And what's funny is he didn't write that. Mm. It was actually written by Mel Torme. Really? Yeah, and I, I have an album of Mel Torme singing Christmas music, and he sings it. But Nat sings but it's it. not Nat. I was like, what is it like to write a song but there's someone else who sings it way better than you. Yeah. I mean, he probably didn't mind. I'm, I'm, hopefully he made millions off it. But um, yeah, just hearing Nat sing that song, it's just iconic. Yeah. There's so many good Christmas songs. There really are. I love Christmas music. Yeah. But we will not take too long talking about it. We'll go ahead and close it up. Guys, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. And we do want to hear any questions that you may have, whether they're about the holidays, they're serious, or whether they're just lighthearted. So you can message us on Instagram at the Hey Dad Podcast, or you can email us at questions at heydad.us. And we will see you in the next episode. 
Thank you for joining us on the Hey Dad Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode today, subscribe so you don't miss any new content. We'd also love for you to rate and leave a review and help us get the word out to more people. If these talks are making your life better, we ask that you share them with someone else. If you have any questions for us or anything going on in your life you want an opinion on, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at questions at heydad.us or send us a message on our Instagram page at the Hey Dad Podcast. Join us next week. We'll have a chair waiting for you.